So I really feel right now, I really sense, that's where the change came. I really sense that we are in a season of the divine plumb line. We're in a season of the divine plumb line. And God is not allowing us to get away with stuff that we think or we did get away with. Now, it may seem like a harsh word, but it isn't. It's just dumb not to do stuff God's way, basically. But basically, he's also not allowing it. because, And the reason why is because of the assignment. It's because of the next 10 years. That's why. And he is aligning for assigning, I called it. He is aligning us for the assignment that the church has in this hour in the earth. Now, part of that is next week with Rick and Petty. Part of that is a powerful, powerful, potent, accelerating, exacerbating, powerful praying church, an intercessory church, a church on fire for Jesus, but the fuel is always going to be prayer. It's going to be worship. Very soon, I've talked to the prayer leaders already. We want to set up here 24-7 prayer strategy to have, a, um, to have a prayer dome over this place. Remember how Israel is protected right now by the rockets that are flying the whole time? It's called the um, Iron Dome. Very smart. And they shoot out all the stuff in the thing. There was a word. I was not going to speak about this, but I feel in the Holy Spirit right now. I speak about it. Um, because I want you to start praying into this whole thing. Uh, a few years ago, God gave us a word. that said there was a, over this whole house of this church. He said there was a, 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 like a dome, but there were holes in the dome. And there were bats going inside. And they're stealing some of the stuff that God wants to do in this place. And it says, you guys got to stop the holes. And, of course, it's just with prayer. So we talk about this prayer shield. And we've talked about a few years now, but I really feel a very strong unction. And again, Rick and Patty will be part of that because they do 24-7 prayer and worship. And so we're going we're gonna to have a prayer shield established over this church. And then my vision is then to connect with other churches, with Living Waters, with Celebration, with Elam Ar- Church, with Grace Vineyard, whatever church. And we'd love to have some of the prayer leaders there armed. They have a prayer shield too. And then together we have a prayer shield over the city. To protect us from the enemy, to protect us from those missiles that come and disrupt. And so many missiles are being fired these days into the church, into our lives. And we just don't want this. So we need to protect ourselves. You can't just little sit and think that nothing's going to happen. My angels will protect you. Yeah, they will. But I think there's something about prayer that fuels our mission. There's something about prayer and intercession and worship that will protect. So we will see a lot more prayer meetings, a lot more worship meetings. I see how excited you are about this whole thing. Oh, man, it's all about intimacy. It's all about spending time with the Lord. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Thank you, Jesus. You'll get get there. I'm I'm just giving vision. And always, you got the first early early adopters, and then you got the, what do you call the middle one again? And then you got the laggards. Don't be a laggard. That's like unfair. It's like, Okay, I'll get you in two years' time, getting off. I'll show up, you know. No, no, no. Let's all be early adopters. Let's say, yes, Lord. Boom. (laughs) Let's say that. You can't be all like me. What do you mean by that? Anyway, so signing for that. So God is shifting us into design order, divine order, design order, yeah, design order, uh, divine order, and also into the divine plumb line. Now, next, last week, Josh Mulligan gave us a, he had a word for us here because he saw this, uh, the, the staff of Moses, you know, the one that he put on the water and the, the thing, and the Red Sea, you know. Uh, and, and so he said, the staff is here. And this is what he said. He says, the staff of Moses represents divine order coming into this place, and here comes down divine order comes down and the staff comes down like 
boom, I'm going to bring a staff. Sorry, I forgot about it. Bring a staff, an order, we put into the ground. And it says, then there is a release of miracles and of power and the presence of God. The presence of God. There was a sense that the divine order and his presence was going to be an abiding presence. Now, to have an abiding presence uh, takes intimacy, it takes worship, it takes prayer, it takes the secret place. That's abiding presence. It's not coming to church on two hours on a Sunday morning. That's not abiding presence. I'm talking about abiding presence all the time in this way. And he says the presence comes when we align ourselves to God's ways. His fullness of presence comes when we align ourselves to God's ways, to his purposes, and the way of God in this way, divine order. It's called, in my books, the heavenly plumb line. Truth of God, his principles, his promises. I'll tell you something else. God spoke to me earlier this year. He said at the beginning, I'm going to teach you, and I'm going to take the church through this year, and I want want you to learn about protection and provision, but they are all connected to my principles. They're all connected to his laws, to his ways of doing, his ordinances. And he says many of the church are breaking my ordinances, he says. They don't do. They don't put me first. I thought, and so he goes for what he always does, first with me, you know. Oh, great. So I go in the secret place, and he starts dealing with my priorities and my issues and my stuff, and i got to become vulnerable, and i got to give up this, and i got to put him first in every part of my life. And it's honestly, it's so beautiful. I thought it was going to be so difficult. I thought, oh, no, I've got to give up this, and I've got to give up this, and I've got to give up this. I don't even want the other stuff that I used to think of. I don't even want this anymore. My desires have changed. And I feel so much happier. I have more confidence. No. <laughs> yes, I have, you should know my background. Honestly, you have no idea. Some people know my background. Honestly, it's serious. Thank you, Jesus. See, if we allow, allow the divine plumb line into our lives, then power and release and protection and provision and peace and joy and all this stuff that Jesus lived in all the time, these beautiful things of the Holy Spirit will be ours. It is an aligning that God is doing. It's an alignment also for assignment. I know that. But that's a doing thing, which we do. But the thing is, though, he's first aligning us. And so this thing that he's doing in our lives in this way is absolutely beautiful. Basically, you cannot carry your baggage into the future of where God wants to take you and me. Right? So we've got to give it up. I love the scripture. It says stop. Oh, I love when it says stop. You've got to stop something. He says, Romans 12, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around us. Man, what a word for the church today. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful, satisfying, and perfect life in His eyes. Stop it! I tell you, some word for you. God told me, stop it, Gideon. Some of us got to stop the stuff that we're doing. It's not producing any life in you. I don't even talk about addictions. Stop that too. That's just dumb. But the thing is though, it's also subtle things. Stop it. 
Stop it. It says here, stop. <laughs> stop, stop, stop it. Stop it. God has got such a vision for your life. He's got such a vision for our church. And he doesn't want this to be compromised. He doesn't want to follow the ways of the world. The world has come into the church so much. And so he's aligning us. Truth is coming into my life, in my life personally, but also in our church. I see it in our staff. We talk about it all the time at Sons Ministry. We talk about it all the time because we're so desiring. Lord, we only want to do your stuff. Nothing else matters. And when we start living that way, it's amazing what happens. We start living on our knees. We start walking on our knees. And it's a beautiful gesture and posture to have. And more of us are doing it, I know. But I felt an unction from the Lord to say it. I was going to say totally, totally, totally different sermon. But I feel in what God is doing right now in this way. And so give it over to the Lord. And so God is inviting us into a process of transformation. We're actually in a season of the beautiful word, repentance. In the Greek, it's called metanoia. It means to change your mind. We are in a season right now, I and mean, we're always in a season right now, but there's something about this, because it has to do with our assignment, that God is accelerating this whole thing about repentance, changing our mind, changing our hearts, changing our priorities, changing everything about us to align ourselves with His will and His, His stuff. It is the, the heavenly plumb line in our lives. Amen? So it's always a thing of discipleship. I get that. There's nothing new. I know. But it's something about right now because some of us have been a little bit slack. I have been slack. Especially after COVID, it's been like this whole thing, like a bit like that, the whole church. I mean, some of the guys are outside. It's just a weird, weird, weird season. Still now, you know. But the thing is, though, God is bringing order again. Because somehow we've been kind of into this whole thing of the world, the spirit around us. We somehow have been, whoa, in this tumble dryer of everything. And we don't even know where we are anymore. And so God, that's why it is, God is bringing alignment into our lives. Amen? Amen? Now, there's always a process between a prophetic vision or a prophetic word that God speaks over your life or just your general vision of him over your life and the, the time to actually see the reality of this thing in your lives. You know, you may, you, may, you may dream about being a great drummer. By the way, Sam, awesome drumming this morning, Sam. Come on, I wish you pastor just doing the drumming this morning. It's good, isn't it? And, uh, and the thing is, though, and the thing is, though, so yeah, I want to be this whole thing. You're lucky be a drummer like that. No, you're not lucky at all. That's what my wife used to say. Man, you're lucky to be such a good piano player. It's lucky. You know how many years, I, from eight years old, I practice every day. That's not luck, guys. That's working. That's contending. That's practicing. That is actually working on your stuff. Guys, there's always a process. I want to be a great whatever. Then there's a process of, I'm going to get to the vision, but there's a process of becoming that. But everything in life and marriage is not going to be perfect on day one. It's just not. Actually, I saw people are amazing. I mean, I've seen some marriages like amazing. But generally, they're not, right? There's a process, and it's just like this, you know. I mean, Catherine and my, my, my marriage is getting better all the time now after... 35 years, you know, because we're working at it. And sometimes you want to just give it up, you know, say, I stuff this, I'm out of here, you know. And some do. Dumbest thing to do, but anyway, they do. And then the whole world, well, you think it's better now, the grass is greener? I've never seen the grass greener 
I see all mess in this church. I see in our church, but I see other places, honestly. The, the mess that Catherine and I have to mop up, don't we, Josiah, of people's lives in this thing. I'm not saying, I'm not condemning you. I'm not saying to you, it is not a priority. Don't walk out on your marriage if, it, if you can. Don't do it. It is not worth it. Now, if there's abuse, if there's really, there's something else. Uh, you get it, don't we? But the thing, you've got to fight. You've got to fight for these things. You've got to fight for your life. You've got to fight for your vision. You've got to fight for your marriage. You've got to fight for your children. Come on, guys. We've got to fight for this church. We've got to fight for the kingdom of God. It's not just going to happen. It's not just going to happen. So don't jump out. Don't jump out. Don't jump ship. I'm in the process together. And God takes us through this process to make us bigger people. It's wonderful to see God calling Abraham. There's a whole bunch of stories in the Bible. He always, in the Bible, God talks about it. And Abraham goes to this nation, you know, and he um, goes, I'll give you, I'll go, go there, and then uh, and I'll be with you, and I'm going to bless you. In Genesis um, 12, he says, I'm going to bless you, and even the whole families of the earth are going to bless you. So he goes out, he thinks, this is an amazing deal. God's going to bless me, and I'm going to be a blessing to the whole world, a great inheritance to be the father of faith. Wow, what an honor. It's just amazing. And he went out not even knowing exactly where he was going. But this is what it says in the Word. It says, by faith he lived like an alien in the land of promise. By faith... He lived in that promised land of his as an alien. He didn't feel at home at all. But it was his destiny. Because he was in process to becoming and to becoming part of that new land. It was amazing what God is doing in this place. Beautiful process of getting fit into this whole thing. He was on his way to his promise. Come on. Tell your neighbor, you're on your way to your promise. Now tell the other side, same thing. You're on your way. I'm on my way to my destiny. Come on, to my promise in this way. Now, maybe some of us are discouraged today. Maybe you have had a promise over your life, and basically you feel like uh, it's not happening. And you said, Lord, where are you? Now, he's always there, but Lord, where are you? Now, one of the ways it's possible is that, um, that you are in process. It's actually very likely that you are in process today, in process to fit this dream, to fit this mantle. It takes time. It always takes time. You've got to trust God. Don't jump ship. Don't go away. Don't, don't do that. It's high, you know. You know, God's vision for you and for me as a church, but also individually, is so big for all of us. Big, big for you. You know, it may not be big for somebody else, but big for you. You know? Different tellers, different callings, right? And so God is in the process of making you bigger to fit that big dream. If you would go into the dream right now, you would stumble and fall. You could not hack it. Charles could not do last night, but just, okay, next week can suddenly. I mean, I was thinking about his son. What if, what if Charles just dies today, you know? I was, I was wondering what he was going through in mind, you know, William, you know. I said, what, what if he drops dead tomorrow? <laughs> then I've got to do this whole thing again too for me. Am I ready for this? I don't know. Big ask. Charles has been waiting for, forever, you know, and he's getting ready. He's ready for it, right? And so there's a sense of process even for him in this way. Amen. Amen. So do, thanks to myself. <laughs> and so don't despise the process. Now the process is not always happy clappy. Jesus says, "In this, in this, in this, in this, you have trouble in this world," you know. But I've overcome the world. 
The thing is, though, we are in the world, but not of this world. And so there's not always pleasant everything that we're going through. But you know, testimonies are created when there's tests happening. There won't be a testimony without a test. And so often God, or even the world, or even yourself, or even your wife, will test you. And there's a test. And if you pass, or when you pass the test, you have a testimony. Actually, also, when you pass the test in the wrong way, you have a testimony. Never do that again. Never, no, 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 no. That was really dumb. That was really stupid, you know, what I did here. But there's a testimony can be built in your life. Amen? So Abraham goes to this land. He says, I'm going to be blessed. It's going to be absolutely amazing. He said, this is going to be great. And the first thing that happens is a famine. A famine. So he's going to deal with a famine. I'll tell you something, you know. Sometimes we go, expect to go up, particularly when you have a word from God given to you. Oh, you're going to be this amazing wah, 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 wah thing. So, oh, thank you, Jesus. And you get ready, you sell your house, and you do a business. And next week, man, I'm on my bike. I'm doing this thing, man. This is going to be amazing. And he said, no, 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 no. It will take a few years to actually get to where you're going to go. So the thing is, though, and often what happens is you think you go up or you go down. He said, God, I thought you had this beautiful thing for me. He went straight down into famine, into a hard place. Look at Joseph. Man has this vision, you know, about these shafts and stuff, bowing. He says, great, all my brothers are going to bow for me. That's going to be fun. You know, he's a bit privately. But anyway, he said, pride is going to bow for me. So the next thing he knows, he's bowing for their brothers. They're putting me in the pit, right? Yep. He's going to die. Hey, God, I thought, they, I thought they were going to rule these brothers of mine, and he was going to die. You know, the first thing that happens is the pit in the sense. The opposite that he is expecting or that was prophesied over him or was expected over him happens in this place. His destiny was always the palace, but right now he's in the pit. So how is he going to go to the palace? It took a long time. It took a long time. Often when something happens, a vision in your life, even now in life, anything, you think I'm going to do this or you speak it out or you're believing for something and somehow it's so discouraging and people can be the worst around you. It's like, Really? Why are you not happy for me? And people say, no, I can't see it. Oh, this is so discouraging. And so many disappointments are sitting in this room right now. I wonder where many of us would have been if... Or the front row. Disappointment front row. Are you owning it? You know, not, 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 I don't mean you are a disappointment. I didn't say that. I said a disappointments in the thing of what's happening, what could have been. Thank you. What could have been? <clears throat> the graveyard is the most potential place on earth. All the dreams that died there with the people, they were never materialized. The thing is, though, we've got to go after this stuff, right? And yes, there's a battle. The enemy doesn't want you to become clean. He doesn't want you to be fire-up Christian, like looking like me. I don't mind you looking like me as, as the first stop. That's fine. Start with me. Start, start low. Low expectation. If you want to be like anything, start with me. I'll challenge you. Now everybody's quiet. Oh, that's nice. Yes, like good for you. Getting we pay you to be crazy like this. I'm just kidding. I don't feel like it. I'm so sorry, Aussie. It's not sorry. Aussies are probably more crazy, right? It's like it's all good. I love Aussies. It's just great. We're gonna fight and pray. I lost a little bit now. See, God loves you too much to keep you small. 
If you've got to have a big vision, and if we as a church have got to go somewhere, then the thing is, though, he wants us bigger. He wants us to be bigger people. He wants to renew our minds, renew our heart, get rid of the, of the drag, get rid of the stuff that holds us down, have the divine plumb line, have truth come into our lives in every area. And I tell you, it can be one area that you're not obedient with. Oh, difficult word again, obedient. It's not even in my notes. I'm so glad that one of the prophets told me in the beginning before the service to get in to say what you have to say. God told me, just to say what you have to say. Don't be afraid. Thank you, Vicky. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us are simply disobedient. And the, t- the problem what it is with disobedience, and I'm talking about grace. God has grace for you till the cows come home. I mean, all the grace in the world. But that doesn't mean he doesn't discipline his sons and wants you to fly. The problem is he knows that if we are disobedient, it's going to bankrupt it's going to undermine his vision our vision our lives our marriage our whatever and so when we come into alignment into obedience to what he says when we put God first in every area of our lives then everything starts to fall like dominoes in a place I tell you with dominoes I didn't have that in my notes either but I'm just flowing in the spirit right now I tell you if one or two dominoes are not flowing and they're crooked the whole thing will stop But if all the dominoes, all the truth in your life is lining up, then you get one of those amazing things that people create, you know, everywhere, you know, and it won't stop. And the blessing, the provision, the protection is there, people. Listen to what I'm saying. And some of you know what it is. Make sure that you have truth in your life. Make sure it's like a holy testimony right now in this way. I'm almost done. It's not true, actually, I'm lying. Um, (laughs) No, I'm always done. Now, I'll tell you an example. It's really funny because it happened um, 32 years ago. 32 years ago. And some of you were in the room. 32 years ago, we had Pray for the City in the town hall with Rick and Petty Ridings. Again, who's been there? Bev, were you there? Bev was there. Michelle was here. You guys were there. Anybody else? Okay, so uh, Rick and Petty Ryan's, right? they, they wrote this, this musical called Pray for the City. It was a concert of prayer, Pray for the City. And I was drumming, and we were organizing this thing. Now, we went to our pastor at the time. Say, hey, we, we just came. In 1990, we moved to this country. In 91, we had a baby. And um, it was David. Uh, and the thing, he actually went with us on tour. Anyway, so we said, we want to do this thing. And our pastor says, you want to do what? I said, well, we just want to fill the town hall with 2,500 people and just kind of worship together and have all this church involved. Gideon, Catherine, no, no. I said, yes, we do. Well, I don't see it. I said, okay, fine. We did it anyway. <laughs> see, the thing is, though, not to be disobedient to a pastor, but I want to say something to you, which is very, maybe a word for some of you, is that sometimes your vision is not somebody else's vision. So sometimes when somebody else says, hey, I don't see it, it doesn't mean that they're negative necessarily. It's just that they see it, don't see it, because otherwise they'll be doing it. It's not their vision. And they take time for it to happen, Right? Good point, right? Because you can be disappointed very quickly. Anyway, we were disappointed, but not really, because we were going for it. I'm too Dutch, you know. Anyway, it went forward like this, and we had this amazing time. We had 100 churches involved, 2,500 people in the town hall, 15-city tour, Auckland, like, I don't know how many people in Auckland, massive amount of people, and we had this amazing tour around the country. But the thing is, though, somebody said no. Then I went to him the next year. I said, hey, because I talked to Graham Kendrick. Anybody still remember Graham Kendrick? That's right. I went to Graham Kendrick. Catherine and I went to him in England. Can we have some time with you? I've got no time to see you. I said, bro, I want to see you. I said, I've got no time. I said, well, I still want to see you. I said, okay, come with me. I've got a concert in uh, somewhere north of England. Come in London, come to me, and we'll talk in the car as we go up. 
okay, let's go in the car. So we went in the car. He says, oh, we're taking praise and worship now onto the streets. I say, are you? Yeah, we are. Cool. What does it look like? Oh, it's called March for Jesus. And we want to go kind of onto the streets and have all the churches work together and just have this placard, Jesus loves you. It'll be a very positive thing in the thing. This is great. So Kath and I were so excited. We run back home to our pastor. Say, Pastor, it's so cool. I have to pray for the city inside, but nobody knows we're there. Now we're going to go outside, and we're going to go into the streets. We're going to march for Jesus. He says, you're going to do what? <laughs> we marched in the 70s. I was never there. Anybody was there for the 70s? I was never there. You guys were there? There wasn't a march for Jesus in the 70s, wasn't there? I think it was with those guys from uh, somewhere. Rise up, maybe. Somewhere around there. Anyway, before my time. Anyways, so it says, yeah, way before my time. 70s, man. I was like 10. Uh, so, 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 and then, how old were you? Who could? Nobody was here, right? Anyway, what's that? So, so, anyway, so, uh, so, what, what, don't, 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 what am I talking about? Oh, yeah. And so we said, no, we're not going to do that. I said, yes, we are doing this. No, 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 you can't do it. Yes, we can. And so, again, we went for it. For 10 years, I was the national uh, director of March for Jesus. Every year we had a March for Jesus. Sometimes Graham came here. Some of you were on the marches, right? It was just amazing. We had like 10,000 people here, 25,000 people in Auckland. We have 100 marches, 100 in this country, hundreds of thousands of people onto the streets. But somebody said, no, I don't like the whole thing. The thing is, guys, you cannot be stopped by people. If you have a vision for God, then you keep doing it because you don't want people to stop you. If there's a, yeah, you need wisdom. If, if, don't, don't be dumb. I mean, if there's wisdom around you, and, and do that. And, and I will not stop you if you come to me and you do something crazy, unless it's really crazy. Uh, then, then I'll stop you. But otherwise, you know, but don't be held back by people. Don't be held back by people. Don't be disappointed how people, because often will come the enemy or somebody will say something. David, he was so, he was, t- he was one of the greatest kings who ever lived. He was a man after God's own heart. You're going to be king. The first thing he finds himself is in a cave. Meant to be a king. A cave. And all this process of getting into kingship took years. So guys, don't stop the process. Even Israel as a prophetic nation, they were called into the promised land. But they were not ready. They were slaves. They were not sons. They couldn't fight. And God knew that. I know it was disobedience. And God would have done something supernatural if it, if it had done yes. But I believe that they were never going to do it anyway. Because they had to be trained as soldiers to go into the giants. They, they were slaves, man. They had no idea. And so they had to move from orphan spirit into sonship in their lives. And knowing how, how God is and how he provides for you and all this kind of stuff. I tell you, this is a picture of the Christian life. Most of us come out of orphan spirit into sonship. This beautiful process of becoming a son and a daughter of God is the most beautiful thing that we can ever. And then, you know, God starts chipping away of the things that should not be part of our lives, and he shows us his ways. And this is beautiful, beautiful road of, of discipleship in a way. Isn't it wonderful? So I... Uh, we're all in process, right? I'm on my way. Are you on your way? Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm on my way. Are you on your way? I'm on my way. Are you on your way? Come on. I tell you, if you're not on the way, you're either dead or you've jumped ship. So please, please embrace the process again. As a church, you know, things, um, as a church, um, just a few minutes uh, the church, um, we, we're called to be this apostolic uh, kind of headquarters was a picture, a word given to us of the Holy Spirit from where revival comes. You, know, you think it's going to just happen? 
But one day you wake up, whoa, Gideon, this is survival here. I came to church this morning and there was like 500 people standing outside and nobody could get in. And you think it's going to happen like that? No. You know how it's going to happen? And not just me. It will take all of us, all of us, to fall down on our knees and call unto God for his power to be released in this nation again and for his Holy Spirit to come in revival and awakening. I think before the before revival comes outside, he's first going to awaken the church. The church is so dead. I'm so sorry. And we're pretty alive. We're not too bad, I think, generally, if I look around. But even we, guys, we can do better. I'm so sorry. And I'm talking not about works now. I'm not talking about works. I'm talking about leaning in. I'm talking about, hey, contending by faith. Paul talks about contending all the time. I'm contending for this vision. I'm not looking back to all this stuff. Even me, I, don't, I'm, I'm, I respect you with all your crap from your past. You know? But I honestly, in due respect, I don't actually care about all that stuff. I mean, if you get healing, sure, get healing. I need healing. I was abused when I was 10 years old. You think I don't need healing? Of course I need healing. But I'm saying to you, I'm not going to be defined by my past. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to define you. When you come into our church, I am not going to judge you for your past. I'm not going to judge you for anything you did in your life because that's not me. It's not Jesus either. He paid for it already anyway. It's all gone. Yeah, do you need healing? Of course you need healing. Go, he go get healing. But the thing is, though, you're not stuck in the past. And some of you still feel you're stuck in the past because you allow yourself to be stuck in the past. Don't look at the rear mirror. Take it out. If you, no, don't take it out of your car. Don't do that. But, you know, take it out of your life. Don't look in the back. Paul says, I don't see those former things anymore. I stretch out and lean in to what you have for me. And I want to do this as a community, as a church. I want to do it personally, but also as a community that we stretch out and go after everything that God has for me and us in this way. Shall we do this? He's working in us so beautifully. Beautiful scripture here. For God is working in you, Philippians 2, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Oh, so beautiful. I want, to be, I want to become a vulnerable community. I want to become an honest community. I want to be a thing like, well, just, just be honest about our feelings and about our pains and about our hurts. And nobody's going to condemn anybody because you've got the same stuff in your life or you had it in the same life. And we all carry each other's burdens. We, we have each other's back. We don't want to betray each other. We're going to hold up each other's hands. Like Aaron says, I'm going to stand with you, Gideon. I'm going to stand with you, Catherine. And I'm going to stand with you. You guys too. I'm going to stay, stand with each other together amen it's gonna be so amazing now even jesus and i finished with this he struggled with his assignment and he was sweating blood you know and he says if this cup if this cup can be passed this is the son of god for goodness sake he says if this can pass for me but not my will but yours and jesus always lived in the heavenly plumb line he always wanted to please the father and do his will and he went to the cross. And so we must let go, it says here in Hebrews 12, of every wound that has pierced us. Let it go, guys. And the sin we so easily fall into. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. For the path has already been marked out before us. Isn't it beautiful, guys? Guys, don't worry about your path. It's already marked. When you were born... Remember, he already filled the pages of your life. It's just a beautiful. Let's follow the path that God has given each one of us and as a church. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our eyes on Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example was this. 
because his heart was filled with joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. Even Jesus had to surrender to the process of his destiny. And we want to do the same. Father, we thank you that you're calling us into the divine plumb line. Lord, you're calling us into divine order to make us bigger people, to help us to fly, to help us, Lord, to fulfill everything individually, as a family, as business, work, whatever, as church, whatever you call us to do. Father, we want to be those people who live out of the plumb line, out of the truth of God in our lives, in every part of our lives. And so today, Lord, we embrace the process. And Lord, we invite your heavenly plumb line. Make the crooked places straight, Lord. Help us, Lord, so that we can be free. It's for freedom that Christ set us free. Lord, we want your way in our lives. We worship you. We give you all praise in Jesus' name.